Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. I love the story of God calling Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3. There is a young Samuel with his adopted father, the high priest Eli, sleeping in the temple. Now, of course, the temple in those days was just a really big tent. And while Samuel is speaking, God calls Samuel, and Samuel jumps up, runs to Eli, and in verse 3 he says, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. A second time, God calls Samuel. And Samuel once again jumps up and runs to Eli, And again, Eli says, I did not call. Go back and lie down. And then in verse 7, we are told what the problem is. Verse 7 states, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He did not know God. Now, of course, he knew a lot about God. He worked in the temple, after all. He worked for the high priest. He knew a lot about God, but he didn't know God personally. He had not yet heard the word of the Lord. Then a third time, God calls Samuel, and once again, Samuel jumps up and runs to Eli. But this time, Eli discerns that it was God who was calling Samuel. And he gives Samuel some good, godly counsel in verse 9. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord. For your servant is listening. Samuel needed to have the posture of listening. Verse 10 states, The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Listening. And God still speaks to us today, but the question is are you listening? Now, of course, Samuel's call is very unique. He was called to be a very unique prophet within the story and within the history of Israel. But Jesus says in John chapter 10 that he is the good shepherd, and that we are his sheep. And then in verse 3 of John chapter 10, Jesus says that he calls us by name, and he leads us. And he also states that the sheep, that's us, listen to his voice and know his voice. In other words, Jesus is saying that he still speaks to us, he still calls us and leads us, but the question is, are you listening? Are you listening for the word of God? Do you know his voice? 
Can you recognize his voice? You see, that was the problem for Samuel. He did not recognize the voice of God because he didn't know the voice of God and because he wasn't listening for the voice of God. How can we ensure that we are listening to the voice of God? Or to put the question slightly different, differently, how does God guide us and lead us today? Nicky Gumbel in his book, Questions of Life, makes a very helpful, or introduces us to a very helpful uh, concept, which he calls the five CSs. Commanding scripture, common sense, the counsel of the saints, circumstantial signs, and the compelling spirit. So how does God guide us, speak to us, lead us? Firstly, through the commanding scriptures, through reading the Bible. For essentially, the Bible is God's word for us. And it's through reading the Bible that we can discover God's general will for all people in all places. We can discover how all Christians should live, what virtues to enhance, how to be like Jesus. Furthermore, God will never lead us or speak to us to do something that is contrary to the teaching of the Bible. So, for example, if a married man comes up to me and says, I've fallen in love with another woman, and I think God is leading me to divorce my wife and to marry her, I can reply, no, he's not. Because Exodus chapter 20 and verse 14 says, you shall not commit adultery. God will never lead us in a way that is contrary to the teaching of the Bible. Now, although we can discover God's general will through reading the Bible, we can't discover God's particular will for our life in the Bible directly. There's no verse in the Bible, and I've, I've checked, but there's no verse in the Bible that says, Michael, I want you to become the pastor of Abergavenny Baptist Church. I've looked, it's not there. But even though God, the Bible doesn't reveal God's particular will for us in every single situation, God still leads us and guides us through reading the Bible. You see, the more we read the Bible, the more we're going to know about Jesus. And the more we know about Jesus, the more we're able to discern what would Jesus do if he was in my situation. I'm sure you know exactly how certain loved ones and family members will react. When the rugby's on the TV, you know exactly how they're going to react. Or when the, the Christmas turkey's busy cooking, you know exactly 
how they're going to respond. And that's how we need to know Jesus. We need to know exactly how Jesus would respond if he was in our situation. And then we can follow that. You see, Jesus embodies the underlying ethic of the Bible, which is ultimately love Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Secondly, God guides us through common sense. In uh, the book of James, in chapter 1, and in verse 5, states, If any of you lacks wisdom... All common sense, he should ask God who gives generously to all. Now, John Wesley, who is the father of Methodism, stated that God usually guided him by presenting good reasons to act in a certain way. God usually guided him by presenting good reasons to act in a certain way. Common sense. And God has led many people in choosing their their marriage partner through common sense. You need to be spiritually compatible. You need to be intellectually compatible. You need to be physically compatible. You've got to be attracted to her. Yeah, common sense. And God leads us through common sense. Thirdly, God leads and guides us through the counsel of the saints. Through godly advice from mature Christians. Uh, Proverbs chapter 12 and uh, verse 15 says, The way of the fool seems right to him, But a wise man listens to advice. A wise man listens to advice. And if you're going to make a big decision, it's important to seek the advice of people who know you really well. Good friends and family members. It's also very important to seek the advice of mature Christians. God has often spoken to me very personally and very clearly through the wise counsel from Christian friends and pastors. As they've said something, it has just resonated with me that that is of God. Thirdly, God leads us... Was that thirdly or was that fourthly? That's fourthly, yes. Fourthly, God leads us through circumstances or circumstantial signs. God closes doors and God opens doors. A a, a good example of this in the Bible is in Acts chapter 1. Jesus says to his disciples, you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all uh, Judah, and all of Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. By Acts chapter 8, where are the disciples? This is eight chapters on. The disciples are still in Jerusalem. So how does God lead them and guide them? 
to leave Jerusalem and to go to all of Judea and Samaria. Well, we read in Acts chapter 8 and verse 1, if I can find it. Uh, Acts chapter 8 and verse 1, we read, On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. God led them through circumstantial signs. He closed the door on Jerusalem and opened the door to where he wanted them to go. I can remember when I was in Swansea, I was teaching theology there, and I was convinced that this is where God wanted me to be, not only to be, but to be for a long time. And then suddenly God closed the door. In fact, God closed the whole college. (laughs) But he didn't just close a door. He then opened a whole lot of other doors. And now I'm here. God leads us through circumstantial signs. Fifthly, and lastly, God leads us through the compelling Spirit. In other words, God leads us by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus says in John chapter 6 and verse 13 that the Spirit of truth, that is the Holy Spirit, will guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. How does the Holy Spirit do that? Well, the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us through our reading of the Bible. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us in coming to good, reasonable judgments, common sense. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us when we seek in advice from mature Christians. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us through the circumstantial signs. Before the Holy Spirit is ultimately working in all of those. But there are also more unique and special ways that the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. One would be through speaking to us with almost an audible voice. Like Samuel, when he hears the audible voice of God calling him. At other times, the Holy Spirit will speak to us through visions. In Acts chapter uh, 16 and verse 9, Paul has a vision. We, We read about during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia, standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. They saw the vision of a man, and they concluded that God was calling them to go and preach there because of that vision. And very similar to a vision would be dreams. Uh, A vision, of course, is more when you are awake and you have a picture come to mind, whereas a dream, you're asleep. But they're pretty much the same. And you can remember how God led Joseph to marry Mary through a dream. And the Holy Spirit still speaks to people through an audible voice, through visions, and through dreams. Now, I must admit that the Holy Spirit has never spoken to me in any of those ways. 
I haven't heard an audible voice. I haven't seen a, a vision, a picture. I haven't had a, a dream that I've later interpreted as God speaking to me. But, but Victoria has experienced God speaking to her in some of these more unusual ways. Uh, she's had uh, a, a vision, a picture come to her mind. This normally happens when we pray. We'll be together, we'll be praying, and in the context of prayer, suddenly Victoria will say, well, I've got this very clear picture of this, and she'll describe the picture. And it's amazing how pertinent that is to what we're praying for. And sometimes she has a sense of a very clear voice just saying something. And again, within the context of prayer, we're just saying, wow, that just fits exactly to what we've been praying for. And often it's given us a lot of insight, and other times just a lot of encouragement that we pray in the right thing. And we need to continue. And therefore, God has led both Victoria and myself through these visions, these pictures that God has given Victoria. Now, the Holy Spirit has also led me in other ways that are probably a little bit more usual, a little bit more common, and I'm sure you can identify with. Often, and again, often in the context of prayer, I've had a very deep inner conviction about something. That something's just wrong. It's just something not right about it. Or a deep inner conviction that I need to do something, be it pray for someone, or go visit someone. And often that has been the Holy Spirit speaking to me in that situation. At other times, when I've been reading the Bible, a verse has just jumped out at me and just spoken straight into my situation. I can remember when I was still in South Africa, Many years ago, and I was praying about whether or not I should become a youth worker at a particular Baptist church. And as I was praying about it, it was that very day, my set reading, I was working through a, a, a devotional book, and my set reading for that day was from Judges chapter 6, the story of Gideon. And verse 14 just jumped out at me, where God said to Gideon, Am I not sending you? And it just jumped out at me. And it was clear to me that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me through that verse. Now, of course, when the Holy Spirit does speak to us and lead us in these more unusual ways, we need to test the Spirit to see if it is the Holy Spirit. Does it conform to the teaching of the Bible? Does it make sense? Is it reasonable? What do other mature Christians think about it? Do they agree? So for this particular instance, where verse 14 jumped up at me, I thought about it. Well, is God calling me to go to this church? Applied common sense. Well, I do have gifting for ministry, and I do have some gifting for youth work. I also use common sense, well, I'm at a really good age, and this would be a good time in my life if I was to do it, to do it now. So common sense was there. I spoke to good Christian friends of mine, to my parents and to my pastor. They all concluded that they felt, yes, God was calling me to go into the ministry. And when, and I also knew for, for, that uh, going to become a youth worker at a church wasn't against the teaching of the Bible. And so, when the, the, the Bible, when common sense, when the counsel of good, mature Christian friends 
are all in agreement with what we feel that the Holy Spirit's leading us to, it's a good indication that it probably is the Holy Spirit. What do we do then? We've come to the point where we've, we've been reading the Bible, we've applied our common sense, we've uh, consulted wise, mature Christians, we've been listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit. What do we do then? Then comes the moment of truth, where you need to step out in faith. You need to obey. And the way I would do that would be first to commit the decision to God, which I believe God has led me to make, I would commit it to God in prayer and then I will act. Step out in faith and do what I believe. And in my experience, it has only been when I've made the decision and I've actually taken that step of faith that I really know if I made the right decision or not. I either have this overwhelming sense of peace that comes from God that this is the right thing. Or, as I step out in faith, I suddenly have a real lack of peace and I feel really unsettled. And that's normally a good indication that I've got it wrong. That's why Paul says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. But are you listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying? Are you open to the Holy Spirit leading you in your life?